Welcome to BDO Talks ERISA, a monthly podcast from BDO's ERISA Center of Excellence. Each month, we'll be talking best practices around all things ERISA, how to avoid common compliance issues, how to navigate the tricky ins and outs of ERISA's fiduciary provisions, and discussing our own experiences working for BDO's ERISA Services Group and the insights we share through the ERISA Center of Excellence. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Let's get started. Welcome to another podcast of BDO Talks ERISA. We're absolutely excited to have you joining us today. I'm Beth Garner, the National Practice Leader for BDO's EVP Audit Group, and I'm one of your co-hosts for this episode. Of course, sharing co-host duties with me is Joanne Zupka. She's a partner in our Philadelphia office is, an, of course, a very important member of our EVP team. So we're back today to talk about a very hot topic. I think we say hot topic every time because we think it's obviously a very pressing matter when we bring a topic here to our podcast. But this is in culture as well as um, retirement plans. But it seems people, you know, kind of have an opinion for it, against it, or they really don't know much about it. And it's this foreign kind of off topic. But before we get started, um, I want to introduce uh, our guest today. Wait a minute, Beth. That was enough of a tease. What are we going to talk about? Okay, okay. But it's kind of in her bio. She's an expert. So right. I'll let I'll let the cat out of the bag. It's cryptocurrency. So with that, I'm going to introduce our fabulous speaker guest today. Is Sterling Ingui. She is a product area leader for NextGen Retirement and Workplace Investing and is the North Carolina regional leader at Fidelity Investments. Now, her product areas include digital assets, blockchain, and participant account portability. Now, she's been with Fidelity for eight years. And with that, she has led with a passion for creating innovative solutions in, with technology and data-driven insights to meet business priorities and customer needs. Now, she also is in the Fidelity Lab. Now, she has created a go-to-market team and was a leader in building new products, including student debt, charitable Bitcoin contributions, and an associate career mobility program. In enterprise cybersecurity, Sterling helped to keep Fidelity cyber safe and secure while enabling an exceptional customer experience and continued growth of business and workplace investing, healthcare, and cryptocurrency industries. Sterling, we are so excited to have you here and to talk about this topic. Thank you so much for having me. What a nice intro. (laughs) So I appreciate that. Um, But I have heard your podcast, and so I'm very excited to be able to join you and Joanne in a conversation today. Yay. Okay. So one thing that we like to do, and we're we're putting you on the spot here, is <laughs> we do like to hear something personal about you. You know, it could be anything. Anything really goes here. We've talked about football, kids, you know, you name it. Just let it roll. So, you know, I I think for me, I was actually going to say what's interesting about me is I do have great kids and I have two great Goldens and a husband that's fabulous. But what I think is really interesting is that I found myself working here at Fidelity and in the digital asset blockchain space, but I was never a developer. I didn't have a computer science degree. I have a political science degree. 
And I think that journey into this space is really kind of what what I think is exciting and what I hope others will do because we are looking for more and more um, talent and people that want to work in this space, but you don't have to be the computer scientist. You don't have to be a coder. You can be someone with a technical acumen and business and product experience and really jump in here and have a great career. So I think that you touched on my experiences but the business product and cyber experience coming together have really opened my world in understanding and, and really loving the digital asset blockchain space. So I hope others will take that leap and join and not be worried about having, you know, that technical skill set from the start and they can build upon that. Now, that is great. I like that. OK, so we're going to start you off with an easy question. What is <laughs> cryptocurrency? Well, easy for her, maybe not for others. Well, and I think it's, you know, taking something that seems so complex and explaining it can be a challenge because it means a lot of different things. In fact, what I think is really interesting about what is a cryptocurrency is that it is essentially these digital dollars and digital currency kind of relationships. So, when we think about money and we think about store value and how we are exchanging things and some of the complexities that come across that in a digital world, we then kind of turn over to digital currencies and we see that, okay, there's a difference here where when you have digital dollars that we already have in our bank account, most notably a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin does um, is different because it doesn't have that central party or person or company that controls it. Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are instead regulated by this set of rules that are programmed into this code or software. And that code enables some privacy so that when we're transacting, um, we can protect some of that privacy. And then it also has this cryptographic foundation that prevents things like double spending so that we know that someone isn't just copying and pasting a digital dollar. You know, you can copy and paste a file and send it over the internet. That's no big deal, but we don't want that with the dollar. And so cryptocurrencies are really this digital money that brings um, a seamless way for us to transact and share and exchange value. So what does it mean when you say invest in cryptocurrency? Sure. So investing in cryptocurrency, I think it's easiest to think about this in kind of two ways. One, there's this monetary aspect where something like Bitcoin has all of these qualities and characteristics that bring forward a scarce commodity that it there's only 21 million out there. Right. And we're, we're nearly at 19 million. And so you're you're thinking about investing in this monetary value store of value. And the second part is really the technology behind it. So never have we seen a global payment network that has this near real-time settlement um, and this expansive network where people are able to kind of trust in the network effects and this decentralized aspect to um, transact and share this value across globally. So you're looking, you're investing in this kind of monetary aspect, and you're also investing in this technology at the same time. Now, I'm going to, when you were talking about your bio, kind of ask, um, 
but you don't need to have like a tech degree to be investing in these types of uh, that's right. cryptocurrency. Okay. You do Perfect. need to have internet access though. And, and, and that's something. Go ahead. No, internet access, but also um, whether it be through a personal computer or possibly even trading through your iPhone, right? That's right. So what we found is that there are so many that are unbanked, but they do have access to a mobile phone and the internet, and they can transact digitally through these applications. Um, and that's really that access and the ability to have those connections really broadens and opens up the, the world and connects us and, and gives people more opportunity. Okay, so you previously had mentioned um, Bitcoin. Are there different types of, of cryptocurrency or is it just Bitcoin? There are different types. In fact, if you go to something like a coin market, you'll see there are 20,000 because that includes any kind of cryptocurrency um, that someone can create. But in reality, with the way we really look at this industry and, and how you're transacting, I, it's really Bitcoin, that first digital asset and everything else. And I say that because yes, Bitcoin um, was the first digital asset and um, it its characteristics are unique. It is focusing on being secure in this vast decentralized network. And then there's all these others that you can look at and they fall into different sectors and categories based on how they were programmed, meaning how it was built and how it's being used. And those use cases can fall across a lot of different sectors that I would say everyone is really trying to start to categorize and figure out. So if you go and you search it on the internet, you'll see lots of different answers, but it's really simple to think about um, the, kind of Bitcoin and these everything else and these everything else can fall into categories like DeFi, replicating these traditional financial transactions on the blockchain in a decentralized way. So think of like loans and trading and investing. And then there's another sector that would be something around these non-fungible tokens. And when tokens are non-fungible, that means they are not, the, the fungibility means that they're not tradable. They're not exactly, they're not the same. So, you know, $1 is a dollar, but these NFTs all are unique. They aren't identical. And they're finding ways to tokenize this uniqueness and um, and transact. Then there's another category like stablecoin where they're, you know, looking at a more constant steady value that's pegged to an asset such as um, a fiat currency or gold. So there's a lot of different sectors. Those are just a couple to give you an example of, depending on what you're doing and how it's being used, um, that's how you can kind of look at this broader market of what else there is. But Bitcoin being that first one out there, that one is kind of setting that bar and that standard and then everyone else kind of leveraged that open source code and started making these adjustments based on the use cases they were going after. So um, you say Bitcoin was was the first one. So tell us how Bitcoin, you know, when did it start? How did it start? Sure. So Bitcoin, you know, when you think about when did Bitcoin start, everyone will kind of reference back to 2008 when this white paper was created by a person or persons going by the name of Satoshi Nakamoto. 
And this paper really brought together the pieces of cryptography and technology that were existing out there, but pulled them in a way that solved for digital scarcity. And that hadn't been done before. And that's really kind of the, the amazing aspects of it. But that's not to say that cryptography didn't exist before or different aspects of um, encryption and pieces around the blockchain idea. They're all little pieces before. I mean, you can go back to cryptographers that were in the 1960s and 70s working in the government or at universities and um, how they started coming together and then some of their methodologies were getting published and communities and enthusiasts outside of those fields started emerging. So there's a long history of different aspects, but the actual kind of first digital asset or cryptocurrency Bitcoin came forward in that white paper of 2008. And then it was mined later in January of 2009. I had no idea. I got to be honest. I thought that this was something that just started not over a decade ago. So thank you for that history lesson. Um, I'm not going to try to pronounce the, the individual that wrote the white paper, but we're hearing a lot about you know crypto in the U.S., but you kept mentioning like a global platform. How popular is crypto outside of the US? It is widely popular. And if you think about it, there's good reason because when I was speaking about that access before, we are seeing um, the adoption of cryptocurrency taking off. In fact, if you go back and look at something from Chain Analysis, which is um, another report, they actually said that between um, 2019 or, or actually going up to two, 2021, when they looked at the global crypto adoption, they saw a jump of over 880% with this peer-to-peer -peer platforms driving cryptocurrency usage mainly in these emerging markets. So then they did this study and they had over 150 different places. And I will tell you that that there are seven or eight countries that are more popular in terms of usage than the US. But these are countries where they are lacking this banking infrastructure and they have high inflation. So we live in a very developed society in the US. We're seeing this really take off in those um, areas where they don't have that same infrastructure, money and payment network. Hi. Well, this was fantastic to hear all of that. And um, it's definitely been an interesting topic and we appreciate you educating us on the basis of crypto. We thought it was important that we kind of get a basic understanding of what we're gonna be talking about because we want everyone to tune in for our next episode, our next session, where we're really gonna dive into uh, crypto and what it means to be in a retirement plan. So we welcome everyone to come back. Sterling will be joining us with another guest so that we can um, dive into this type of investment in a retirement plan. I mean, they have to wait a month, but <laughs> it's our teaser that everybody needs to come back because it's going to be good because we're talking about retirement plans and crypto at the same time. Thank you, Beth and Joanne, for having me. This has been a fun conversation. Yeah, so thank you for joining us today. You know, as you can tell, we certainly love talking about retirement, retirement plans, stuff that's going on in the retirement industry and the HR industry, such as these new trends. 
Also, our BDO ERISA Center of Excellence on BDO.com touches on all topics, retirement and other HR trends to keep plan sponsors up to date. Thank you for listening to BDO Talks ERISA. Past episodes are available at BDO.com slash BDO Talks ERISA. Or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also send us feedback, questions, or ideas you have for future topics at BDOTalksERISA at BDO.com. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on BDO's ERISA Center of Excellence and the services we provide, visit BDO.com slash ERISA.